Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. What is your day look like now? I mean, because it sounds like in the beginning you were kind of in the trenches doing a lot of the stuff. And then as you grew, what were some of the things like, what were some of the things you worked yourself out of right away? Like that you said, all right, I'm going to bring somebody on to do X, Y, and Z so that I can focus my attention in other areas. Um, I really, I have a lot of help with operations. I have a lot of help with, with sales, though I, I stay really involved in sales. Um, you know, I'm not like sales operations minded as much, but I'm more like, hey, what are the packages yeah. we should be getting out the door? What are the things we need to be working on and developing? Um, I have a really great mm-hmm. product and tech team where I just look over the roadmap and say, like, what I think needs are going to be in the future. Um, So I, I do really get to be mm-hmm. really forward looking, which is awesome. And that's what I'm a lot better at. I think I think it'd be really hard to be a CEO and to be like just very ops and management focused because um, we're just in such a like mm-hmm. volatile times, <laughs> you know, like I have like yeah. those like rock star rock people on the team on my, who were just, you know, operationally or just like cranking away are amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah that's that, that's not me as much. I mean, I'm not giving myself enough credit. Yeah. It is me, but it's I'm, I'm better at being like, <laughs> yeah, 2022. Here's what we need to be thinking about. Right. Yeah. Especially totally. in this industry. This industry so, is like crazy. I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's interesting to me as far as how it, one is it's constantly changing. You know, so some of the like I'm curious about, like, how do you stay ahead of the game? And I guess a, a couple questions. One is, do you see Facebook ever like being dethroned like MySpace? And is is TikTok like the next big thing or is it already the big thing? Yeah, it's it's already it's already the big thing. I think when they really get their self-serve ad manager going, which is basically there, I think like, mm-hmm. but they'll push it more in the next quarter. It's really going to be a huge threat. I mean, Facebook's got to be really scared already. Um, but yeah. I've been pushing and talking about TikTok as like, hey, this is an emerging platform where reach is just insane compared to the other yeah. platforms, um, especially compared to, you know, you could work with an influencer and they have 10,000 followers and then their post gets seen by 5 million people. But, you know, right. you're, you're paying to work with them at the 10,000 follower level. Like that literally is impossible on right. <laughs> YouTube and Instagram and Twitter and any other platform. Um, so, but, you know, as it gets more saturated, as there are more ads, it's, it's, it's an mm-hmm. awesome platform, but it's, it's going to mature as well. And then there'll be, there'll be something mm-hmm. new, but, um, I'm really excited that there's really a contender against like YouTube, Instagram and TikTok. I think it was, yeah, it was really hard for everyone to just yeah. be so dependent on, on Facebook and Instagram. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that uh, on YouTube now they have those shorts, which I feel like are kind of a, a competitive, you know, competitor for TikTok. Where because it's still in beta, it says you know in the app it's like shorts beta, and they, they kind of insert them in the middle of your feed. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting to me with TikTok how how easy it is to get sucked in to like just scrolling through, <laughs> you know, tens of you know videos, hundreds of videos, you know. Um, so there definitely is some sort of like virality or, or something about it that is unique to, to any other platform, you know, in the sense of, um, just how it operates. I, I wonder, you know, what, what do you think the downfall of, cause I like other apps that have kind of come and gone, like, I, well, I don't know if they necessarily have gone, but like Snapchat, for instance, like in the beginning, everyone was talking about Snapchat like they were talking about TikTok now. But then I feel like Snapchat kind of had a slow burn and it just I think some people still use it. You know, I have some nieces and nephews who are kind of use it, but it doesn't seem like a, a, a big player. Well, yeah, I think there is a there is a differentiation to be made between um, platforms that are doing really well from a user perspective and platforms that are doing really well from a brand marketing perspective. Um, so I think like snap stock price is like never been higher. I think I haven't checked it today, but I think like as a company they're, they're doing well. And there are a lot of users there who log in every day and, you know, daily active users is, is quite high. Um, but I think the, we're always looking for, okay, what's well, not just like the hot new platform, but where are brands actually going to invest, you know, brands are actually kind of timid, even the most innovative ones, there are so many new platforms. I mean, I've been talking about TikTok and trying to get brands on it since like mid 2018. And only, you know, now when it was musically. Exactly. Yeah. Musically was great. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, and, and there was a real opportunity there. So I think that that's just a, that's something to really think about, you know, like, okay, is this really showing traction from a user perspective? Um, but what, what is their approach to brand marketing? Um, I think TikTok's really interesting because for one of many reasons, um, because they've been creator centric since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like they knew like, hey, short form video content will either live or die based on how good the video content is and that we have enough mm-hmm. of a volume so people can spend literally on average like three hours a day, like <laughs> insane amount of time, wow. you know? Um, and and so I think that they're very creator first. They like want influencers. They need them. They're trying to support them. And that's just mm-hmm. a really different posture than Snapchat who's like, we don't want influencers. You're either doing a brand channel or you're a user. Mm-hmm. You know, Instagram is like, cool, all this like, you know, billion, $10 billion industry can kind of play on our front lawn, but we're not really doing much about it. And now they're like trying to. Uh, but I think that aspect is really interesting. Um, and I think Instagram's really trying to do catch up now because of it. Yeah. I, I wonder how come brands and maybe you have some insight into this, but I've always wondered, like you don't see much big brand content like on Facebook and, and other platforms like that. You know, it seems to me like whenever I'm watching football or something like that with the family, that's when I'm seeing these big brands advertising on like traditional media. Is is that what, when you were kind of saying like big brands are still kind of hesitant as far as social media goes because they're so steeped in um, the traditional formats? I think there, yeah, there are a number of things happening. Um, one, I mean, brands are spending a ton in Facebook ads and Instagram ads, like just, I mean, billions and billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
also it's like, what are they on organically and where can they actually create content? I think a huge shift that's happening with TikTok is that users, the bar, users now expect a lot more out of content. You know, like a static image is just not as cool <laughs> when you're scrolling through yeah. Instagram than like watching a really funny dance or like a DIY video or something instructional and being served a ton of them mm-hmm. in a row. Um, and the algorithm just really prioritizing what's high quality and something you're going to be interested in. So most brands have a hard time creating image assets. Like I know that from when I had a social media agency to then move from like, hey, guys, you're not doing images anymore you now need to churn out, you know, a hundred videos a week and they have to be like, you know, tone sensitive. Um, the aesthetic has to be right. They have to align with your values and they have to hit your marketing KPIs. Like most brands, (laughs) that's why there are so few brands actually with their own TikTok accounts because they just cannot Mm. do it. Um, Mm, and their creative agencies can't do it, uh, because the margins on creating that short form video content are totally different and it's much more expensive for them to do than a static image. So you really have, you know, these old school brands working with these old school agencies and they just, they can't do it. They got to figure it out. Yeah. But I think there's a real opportunity for those like, you know, first movers, super innovative companies who can just like create TikTok content. Yeah. What, uh, as far as like using social media as a business, you know, how, how do you, how do you guys use social media? I mean, it it seems like there's one level, right? Where it's like, okay, I want to sell Coke or Pepsi. Let me give a t-shirt to a a guy, you know, or even, you know, we do product reviews and people reach out to me all the time to be like, Hey, can you talk about my microphone on your channel? And it's like, sure. And I'm getting free products and that's kind of fun. But, you know, as a business, you know, how do you, um, and, how do you use that to you know, further what you do? Cause I, I mean, obviously your market is not the masses, right? You're not trying to reach the masses. You're trying to reach a particular type of, uh, audience with a, a brand or, or something like that to hire your business. So, you know, for someone who's developing, you know, websites or creating, you know, video or podcast content, like, what does that look like for us to, or even like a graphic designer, like how, how should we be using social media to benefit our businesses? I think having a TikTok account and then explaining some tricks and some tips um, and then doing a long form version of that on YouTube uh, and making sure it's a super like YouTube SEO optimized title and description. Um, and then and then continuing to do that is probably the, the best way to go. Um, yeah. The, I don't know if you poked around in the whole like that part of TikTok, but there, I mean, you can learn everything about setting up a podcast. You can learn, you know, right. Y- there's so many things you can learn. Um, yeah. I get sucked into the the videos that teach you how to like make the best steak ever, you know, yep. like <laughs> let's go. And they're like doing this 30 seconds of, you know, reverse searing a steak and then frying it in a cast iron skillet. And I'm just like, oh, this looks so delicious. Now I want to make steak. Yeah, there, I mean, there's there's so many different parts of it. There's a whole part on like you know how to do uh, like procreate on your on your iPad. You know, or like how to like do actual design on different. Um, there's a whole Excel mm-hmm. and Excel tricks and like people geeking out about like you know different Excel formulas. Yeah, I mean, there are so many different d- different parts there that I think are are really really cool. Um, and I know that people really generate business from, which is 
which is awesome. Yeah. And so do you see, what is the future that you see? Do you see like, um, you know, every brand essentially, uh, or say every creator essentially becoming their own business, you know, where it's like, Hey, if you're creative enough, you can start creating content and then you can have your own business where you're just creating content for other brands. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's really spot on. I think it's, uh, creators who really find their voice, have knowledge, build an audience organically, um, then really own their audience. So I think that's a big thing we talk about with our, our creators. So like have a web page, you know, get an email list going, create a newsletter, make sure that all of this information and all of these audiences don't live on another platform that you don't own. Um, and then it's like, think about diversifying your revenue. So, you know, do you want to launch your own brand? You know, do you want to launch, uh, an agency? Like, what are the things that you want to do that you're really good at? Um, and, and some people want to do like, Hey, this is a side thing for me. I want to work with some cool brands and create some content and meet some people. And that's awesome. And there are the people who are like, yeah, I'm looking to, you know, make eight figures. How do, how do we get there? What's the plan? Um, and so I think the really, the diversification, I mean, you're seeing that now with like just a ton of new startups coming up in the creator economy and really servicing like those creators and helping them grow. It's, it, you know, it, it's huge. Yeah. Who's it like, you know, Mr. Beast with his, uh, like ghost kitchen, ghost kitchens, um, with like serving cheeseburgers, yeah. like all over the country. Like, I think we're going to see more and yeah. more of that because they're, they're the new celebrities. Right. So explain to us a little bit about your, your platform then, you know, as far as, you know, how it works and uh, essentially uh, to me, it sounds like you, you kind of took something and then you streamlined it with a, a SaaS product, I guess you'd say. And so now instead of you having to be manually doing a ton of things, you have a technology that's in place that helps you do more business faster. Is that, is that right? Yeah. I would say it's, it's a really efficient, um, assembly line, but it's still an assembly line of like where you're working with people. And it's really important that you're still building relationships with mm -hmm. these creators at the end of the day. So we like to call it um, high tech, high touch, and that it's not 100% automated. Mm -hmm. It's like the 80% that can be automated that won't affect the relationship is uh, is automated. The 20% that we really need to build that relationship. We mm -hmm. want to become friends with these people. We want to learn like what they're interested in and gain mm -hmm. their insights. Um, that part is very much you know people oriented. So so it's not a you know completely transactional platform where you never talk to anyone from the brand if you're an influencer and you sign up. Um, and then on the influencer side or the creator side, you can go to, um, studio.obvious.ly, sign up, create an account, tell us a little bit about yourself, about, you know, where you want to create content, what type of content you want to create. And then we just start sending you potential offers and seeing if it could be a fit. Uh, and then if you're a brand, you log in, see all the people who want to work with you on a specific campaign, and then uh, all the results as that campaign is going. Um, and then all the influencers in your network. So it's been, you know, we've been working with some brands for like four or five years. They've got thousands and thousands of influencers in their network that they've worked with. And they have all this data on what products they liked, what products they didn't. Um, you know, did they go to a cool brand launch event with you? Did they join a focus group? Like so many different cool things. Uh, and then on the obviously side, the account managers are in the platform working 
within the platform and like sending products from our warehouse all through one automated mm. system. Oh, that's um, cool. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You can have one account manager build a ton of relationships with um, a lot of creators and, and, and really come up with the most impactful campaigns. That's awesome. So it sounds like there's three different entities. So there's the brands they're getting out of this, that they're getting matched up with the influencers, the influencers getting matched up with the brands and then you have account managers. You, so they're helping match them up, but they're also like doing some, it sounds like some of the actual, like more physical or manual work to kind of make it go smoother. Is that kind of how it works? Yeah, definitely. Um, so when you work with an influencer, there's just so many pieces of it from like identifying them to reaching out to them, answering all their questions, recruiting the right people, um, giving them a creative brief, giving like answering all the questions on that, sending them a product, knowing what product they want, what size T-shirt is, you know, like all of that stuff. Um, and then creating the content, getting it approved, having it reshot if necessary, having it go live on the social platform, analyzing performance deciding who should work, who they should work with again, who they shouldn't, um, what type of campaign would that person be best for, uh, and then repeating it to make sure that your performance is better and better and better every campaign we do. Um, and then there's an element of like paid sometimes too, where we're then promoting the best content. So, um, so yeah, there's actually quite a lot that the account manager does. And so a brand, you know, we work with some really big brands. They can't tell their CMO, like we worked with 15 influencers this quarter you know, like, you know, like Converse can't say we yeah. worked with 15. They need to be like, we worked with a thousand influencers this quarter. Like, okay, good job. Good job, yeah. team. Um, <laughs> it's really hard to do that if you're manually running that with your own team internally. It sounds like you're almost like uh, contracting out a thousand ads to a thousand different freelancers in a way. It's like, you're like, you're managing all these projects. They're creating the content and you only have a little control over what they do and to some degree, but then of course you can get feedback and tweak it. But it just sounds like hiring a thousand contractors. It sounds really complicated. Yeah. Well, it, then it's, it's even more complicated. Thank you for appreciating <laughs> that because sometimes yeah. people don't. So thank it's you. not simple. Um, yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's actually a little, it's even harder because they're not just contractors. This is a creator who has a, a yeah. really engaged audience and they need to do mm. what's creatively right for them that their audience is going to respond to. Maybe mm -hmm. the brand doesn't understand that. Like, uh, they have a content schedule, you know, they have, they have, you know, going on vacation. I can't hit those deadlines. I'm not a contractor. Um, so it's actually yeah. like, it's, <laughs> it's, a uh, yeah, it, it's a lot. <laughs> both, both sides probably have high standards and, and that's probably why it's really important for you to match up people with the right brands and the right influencers so that all that goes smoother. I'm guessing that probably makes a big difference. Oh yeah, totally. And it's, I mean, we've all seen really bad influencer marketing too. You know, it's just like, we, we need to make sure it's like really good influencer marketing will drive like such amazing results. Bad influencer marketing will, you know, be dead on arrival and it's the ability to execute, um, and do so at scale that like really makes it happen. Um, and if you're a brand that hasn't done influencer marketing, just like if you're a brand that, you know, has never launched an Instagram account before, you don't understand how much work really goes into it. Hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. What, um, what are some, what does a good content creator look like? You know, it, or I guess a good influencer. What is, is there some sort of threshold, uh, that you guys, when, when someone signs up, do you guys vet people who sign up through your platform to see if they'd be a good fit or not? And what kind of things are you looking for? Yeah, definitely. So anyone can sign up to our platform who has more than a thousand followers on any one account. And I think people are really surprised by that number is as low as it is. But someone who has 1,200 followers, 
but creates amazing content and would be excited, you know, and primarily about cars and a car company would love for them to do, create 50 pieces of content every single month, uh, is actually an awesome person that we want to, we want to know. And maybe we don't have mm. as many offers for them as someone with 50,000 followers, you know, and a 4% engagement rate on Instagram and they're growing month over month at whatever percent. Um, but that person could be perfect for a brand who's really looking for content creation and high quality content creation as the goal of the, of the campaign. Um, so it really depends on, on the goal of the, of the campaign. You know, if it's driving traffic, okay, who are all the influencers in that given, um, target market whose audience is the right demo? You know, we look at percentage, um, of followers who are men versus women, um, age breakdown of their followers, uh, geography, where do their followers live? How fast have they been growing? Um, has their engagement rate been keeping pace with the size of their following or has it been dropping off significantly? How many brand deals are they doing? Is it kind of too oversaturated for this brand who's really picky about that? Um, so we really look at a lot of different factors, but it's primarily like what is the main goal of the brand um, and do we have the right influencer for that? You know, we have some brands who are really, really um, obsessive is the wrong word, but like they just they really care who the other brands are that an influencer has worked with. And they want to make sure they haven't worked with any competitors, um, which can be hard if you're a beauty influencer and you're like, I talk about beauty 24 seven. Like, like I can't just talk about your mascara every single time. <laughs> um, so it's just really making sure that, you know, they have the right expectations right. To, to work with the best people too. What do you see next, um, you know, for your own business and, um, you know, how do you prioritize time for yourself in order to think about growth and development and all that kind of stuff? I mean, we're just really focused on growing. Um, we've been growing really quickly and we have a lot of fantastic brands we work with. Um, and they just, you know, and their budgets are growing very quickly, I think, which is what's really exciting. You know, there are definitely more, we have a lot more clients than we did last year, but their budgets are also in some cases double what they were, you know, in 2019. So, um, really focused on how do we serve these clients and how do we make sure we're doing the things that, on these platforms that drive the best results. Cause I think that's another added wrinkle of the influencer space is like the platforms are changing every day. You know, Instagram reels is totally different from Instagram stories and we've just sold this. And is that still the right thing to do? And this influencer is right. great at reels. This influencer is not so great at reels. Let's make sure that one is in this campaign. Um, so really just staying on top of all the changes as they're happening, like very frequently is, mm -hmm. is really important for us. And yeah, just, just growing to be, you know, the best influencer marketing agency in the space. And then for me personally, it's like blocking off enough time to like <laughs> ask those really big questions and then, you know, figure out what we need to prioritize today versus, you know, next quarter. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you make time for that? You literally put something on your calendar that says, Hey, I'm doing this. Do you tell your team like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be out for the day. Don't, don't text me. Don't call me. How does that work for you usually? I, I'll block off the time. Um, but I, I block it off in one hour increments. So it kind of, it looks like a meeting. Like I think if, if you block uh -huh. off the whole day, <laughs> that, that usually doesn't happen, but yeah. I'd be like, Oh, I, I just have like five back-to-back -back meetings. Like I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that. We won't, we won't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I know my team's like, oh, okay, cool. That's where she is. Um, but it, it's actually, it's helped being remote, which is I think going to be really interesting to see like when we go, when we go back to the office. Um, but are you planning on going back to the office? Yes. I don't think the whole team will. And I'm not making it a requirement. Yeah. I think that like, yeah, 
we can be flexible. You know, we're not a large corporation. It's one of our strengths. Mm -hmm. So I actually have over half the team that was in the New York office no longer is in New York City. Um, And which is, yeah, it's like, you know, it's actually less than that. Yeah. So, so, um, but I think it's also really important for, especially, you know, for, for people on the team to be able to meet and be social. Um, that's so important yeah. to some people and it's a little less important to some people, um, especially where they are just like, you know, in their career, um, and also just in their life. So we have, we have our office spaces. Um, and then I think we'll just be really flexible about it. Um, but my team also was so good at working remotely. Like, I think I'm sure other companies really struggled with that, but my team, they're, they're online all day long. Anyway, they were like, it literally, I was like, Hey, is everyone like have a roof over their head? Are we good? And <laughs> they kept up. So it's like, so I feel like we're pretty lucky in that way. Yeah. I think a lot of people are finding that we did an uh, interview a few weeks ago with the uh, founder of uh, loan for creative, which is a, a digital marketing agency. And he originally started out just completely remote. And so now they're like 20 people and they, you know, have built this culture and their employees work all across the U S and, uh, you know, they found a lot of success, uh, in that. And then when the pandemic hit, he was already like, well, we've been rem- a remote, you know, agency for since inception. So it was pretty easy for them to, to kind of, uh, you know, pivot and people were kind of coming to them and asking them like, how, how do you do this? You know, how do you build culture and all these other kind of things when you're all remote? So it's, yeah, it's are, are both, are, are your guys agencies remote or are you going back to the office? Yeah. So we, um, half, half of our, uh, half of my employees kind of are working from home still and want to work from home. And then the other half come into the office. Um, I, you know, I have three kids and, um, you know, sometimes it's nice to just get out of the house and, and go to a space and, you know, with some of the stuff that we do as far as, you know, filming and things like that, it's nice to have a studio or space to do that content creation and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what that, what that looks like as far as, you know, Hey, can we continue to grow and build the team? And if people want to work from home, they can just work from home and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. For us, we have a physical office. Um, and most of our team likes to come in at least a couple times a week, but you know, they can work from home if they want to. The funny thing is though, we've, I mean, we've been doing remote work for our clients for years. Like we're based in Virginia, but most of our clients, so we do web design on Squarespace. And so we like have clients all over the country and like probably 70% are out of state. So we've been doing like zoom calls and stuff with people for years. And now everybody else is like, kind of catching up to doing like video calls now. So it's like, it's weird because now it used to be like this big thing where people are like, I don't want to be on video. I just want to like jump on the phone. Do I have to be on video? Now everybody's like, Oh, this is normal. So in that way it's been kind of helpful for like setting the standard of like remote work has been a, a more normalized thing. So it's been even easier to kind of work with people all over the country. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would just travel so much. I mean, I liked a lot of it, but a lot of it now I'm like, I did, I could have, that could have been a zoom meeting. And like maybe, you know, two years ago, they're like, oh, you really should be there. And I feel like now, like that right. will be normalized. That will be great. Yeah. That, that'll that save yeah. so much time and money for sure. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, May, thanks so much for hanging out with us and, and chatting about your business and, and um, you know, influencers. I mean, I, I feel like there's there's more things I, I have thoughts about or questions about as far as influencers and, and whatnot. But um, let's let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Ben. Yes. What? are our takeaways um 
that May has dropped some some bombs of gold yep. for us. She didn't even know she was doing it, but she was. I've got a few here. <laughs> All right. If if you're pivoting your business, you don't have to pivot hard. You can taper off one service and grow the other simultaneously. I thought that was a good tip. Um, it's important to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. Identify the things that you need to get better at and identify the things which you need to outsource. Um, if you're looking to promote your brand on social media, a quick tip right now is you could uh, start creating helpful tips or DIY videos on TikTok and maybe like a longer form version on YouTube. Uh, if you want to be an influencer, make sure you own your audience. Make sure you get a website and a way to sign people up to your newsletter so you can own the audience and your email list. And finally, if you need to spend time thinking about big picture vision, then block it off on your calendar, just like it's a meeting and no one will know. Boom. <laughs> awesome. We like to leave everybody with an action item. So as a CEO, a founder of a business, what is one thing that you could tell us or share with us to say, hey, this next week, try to focus on X, Y, and Z or try to, to do X, Y, and Z to help yourself and help grow your business? I would write out those priorities for, you know, we're at the end of Q1 right now. Write them out for Q2, Q3, Q4, Q1, Q2. Um, if you can go out that far, that's <laughs> that at least will give you some food for thought for later. Uh, but I think that's it's that's the most important thing to do as a CEO. Mm, love it. Okay, hey, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Learn more about um, you know all the things that you're into. Yeah, so um, obviously is obvious.ly online. Um, definitely can get in touch with me there. Um, my email is mae at obvious.ly, um, and then yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram too. All, all the goods. Yep. Awesome. Gotta be there. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to the Friday Habit. Um, go to thefridayhabit.com to find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week to dedicate working on your business instead of always in your business. And if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review in the Apple Podcasts app. And if you have a question or a topic you want us to cover, don't forget to send us a quick voice memo to hello at thefridayhabit.com. That's right. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs>